Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sequels are inevitable in today's media, with Activision being a prime example of this. If there's money to be made, they'll make it. For the most part, sequels are healthy to have around. Sometimes they just keep the lights on and give the fans what they want. More of the same with a couple new mechanics, a fresh coat of pixels, it's kind of all we need sometimes. However, through the years, some developers and publishers have tried to slip through not what we've wanted. So with that being said, I'm Ben Roy from WhatCulture.com and this is 10 disastrous video game sequels that forgot what fans want. Number 10, Dungeon Keeper iOS. If there was ever an award for a game that's not a game, it's gotta go to this one. The original was developed by Bullfrog Studios back on the PC, and it wasn't ashamed for what it's trying to be. The player wasn't doing something good, they were just trying to conquer anything by any means. And we did so in glorious top-down base-building form. On iOS though, Dungeon Keeper is nothing more than an app designed to hoover up all your money. You don't really play this one, you just tap a few buttons on the screen until it tells you you've gotta wait for a few hours. Or you could pay to speed things up. And some people will pay it, sadly. Number 9. Splinter Cell Conviction This franchise was always built on stealth. Now sure there were forced action sequences along the way that brought Sam out of the shadows, but for the most part creeping around and outsmarting the enemy was the name of the game in Splinter Cell. It's what made the fans stick with it. Five games later however, and Ubisoft just decided that wasn't enough anymore. And yes, we are counting Splinter Cell Essentials. That was a stealth game at least. But with the release of Convictions in 2010, Splinter Cell was trying to leave stealth behind. Now Convictions is by no means a bad game, it just cemented the shift for years to come with the overly action orientated blacklist. Unfortunately, this is where stealth as a viable genre started to die. Number 8. The Bureau XCOM Declassified When you think of XCOM, this title doesn't come to mind. XCOM is a long-running series known for strategy and punishing outcomes. Now that's not to say the developers can't take XCOM in a new direction, but they picked the wrong fanbase to disappoint. After the series hadn't been seen since 2001, the Bureau was originally slated to launch before Enemy Unknown, which was actually a true return to form for XCOM. The Bureau would be focused on third-person tactical squad combat, much like the SOCOM series. It wasn't a top-down turn-based affair, which is what all the players wanted. It was fine, but it was half-baked. A bit like not enough butter scraped over too much bread. This felt like Fraxis trying to make XCOM something it wasn't meant to be. That or 2K forced their hand. 
Number seven, Shadow of War. Since Shadow of Mordor took the industry by storm in 2014, there was quite a bit of anticipation around this one. And it was all down to the Nemesis system, which gave players their own unique set of experiences by making the enemies more than just the average orc, really mixing things up. However, three years later, Monolith returned with this really underwhelming follow-up. Shadow of War took the focus away from battling up the commander chain in favor of battling armies worthy of Mordor. Sadly, the easiest and fastest way of doing this wasn't playing the game straight or grinding. Instead, for the best orcs, players had to pay for them with microtransactions or take the chance with in-game loot boxes. Yes, remember those things? As Shadow of War went on, it was clear that this game was built around the entire purpose of paying to win and is probably the reason why we never got a third. Number six, Noskov. The Legacy of Kane series was once a beloved cult classic, adored by fans the world over. But with Noskov, they didn't get the follow-up they wanted. Instead, in an effort to capitalize on the always online experience, Square Enix decided that Noskov should be a multiplayer arena shooter. Spawning from Dead Sun, an already failed attempt to bring back the Legacy of Kane franchise, this should have had the alarm bells ringing straight away. If developers couldn't get a true sequel off the ground, then why bother doing a free-to-play arena-based shooter with the skin of the old franchise? In an already crowded marketplace. This game never even left the beta stage, and developers behind it may have had good intentions, but the franchise couldn't be saved by this. Sadly, sometimes it's better just to leave certain franchises dead. Number 5. Dead Space 3. EA's just gonna EA, and we all know this. Sure, they tried to change their image in recent years with the EA originals, but we all know that's not enough. We've seen them break games or give them no chance to succeed, and one of the most notable games to be a victim of this was Dead Space 3. With its Force multiplayer, a bounty of overpriced DLC, and even an online pass as a cherry on the top. Remember Project $10? That along with unrealistic sales targets. And it killed all hopes for Dead Space 4. At least there's a reboot on the way. The game wasn't what it once was, now being more of an action shooter than survival horror, with the necromorphs being bullet sponges and dismemberment not really mattering anymore. Oh, and yeah, there was cover-based shooting against humans. This wasn't what we wanted, and it just wasn't fun to play. Unfortunately, following this, Battlefield Hardline's not doing well, and the cancellation of their Star Wars game meant that Visceral closed down in 2017. Number 4. Command & Conquer Rivals EA once again makes an appearance on this list. Congratulations EA! And wouldn't you know it's down to loot boxes and microtransactions. But is there a better way to bring back a beloved franchise that hasn't been seen since 2010? No, of course not. Turns out Rivals was no more than your standard mobile affair, designed to take the player's money at any means necessary. It's just a new skin on the same thing over again. Gameplay was boiled down to just tapping the screen a few times and then waiting to do something else. Because it's a mobile game and they make you wait. None of the hallmarks of the series really made it to the phone game either, but most disappointingly, there was no sign of any goofy FMV. At least we got the Command & Conquer Remastered Collection a little bit after this. Number 3. Metal Gear Survive This strange game might have been one of the biggest shock announcements of 2017. After Hideo Kojima parted ways with Konami, we all thought the last game in the Metal Gear series was going to be the Phantom Pain, then Survive reared its ugly head. What might come as a shock is just how terrible the setup is. What if, just after the events of Ground Zero, a giant wormhole opened up, sucking up soldiers inside, and then dumping them in a different dimension? Even Kojima would have backed off from this. From here, survival was just a glorified 
survival game with the skin of Metal Gear on it, with some of the most exciting things here being poking a stick through a fence as a zombie. Oh, and the most infuriating thing of all, Konami charged real money for additional save slots. Yes, they really did. Number two, Diablo Immortal. Despite being announced after Command & Conquer Rivals, it seemed that Blizzard learned nothing from how bad the backlash could be. And at BlizzCon 2018, for some reason this game was the headliner. Now this game was only at the announcement stage at that point, but it almost came across tone deaf, ignoring what the fans wanted from Diablo. This is one of the most hardcore fan bases in the industry. Just look at people still playing Diablo 2 to this day. And understandably, they weren't shy about it in the Q&A afterwards. BlizzCon is an event that fans spend their hard-earned money on to travel around the world and visit, not to mention just to see what's next from Blizzard themselves. And what was gonna be an offering between Diablo 3 and 4 didn't look like it was gonna hold up, but if anyone can help the franchise bounce back, it's Big Rod Ferguson himself. Number 1. Fallout 76 when Bethesda released Fallout 3, they set the standard for RPGs back in the day. They were the benchmark and that game was kind of mind-blowing at the time. However, this isn't the case anymore. Now most assume that when Bethesda put out a game themselves, it's gonna be full of bugs. Or at least some glitches. A saving grace for a while was at least their story. But of course, when Fallout 76 first launched, it didn't really have one to speak of. Or NPCs for that matter. Just a couple of robots and computer terminals to fill the game. Now this made sense at first as Fallout 76 was the first vault to open, letting vault dwellers wander out into the wilderness, but didn't mean it was fun. Yes, they did fix things kind of along the way with endless updates, but you can't flog a dead horse, not even on Game Pass. Hopefully now that Microsoft owns Bethesda, and with the backing of Big Phil Spencer, surely things will be brighter in the future. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.